all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. Good morning from MPB Think Radio. This is Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, the show all about finding and maintaining a healthy lifestyle. I'm Debbie Minder from the University of Mississippi Medical Center, and today we're going to focus on getting ready for the holidays. We're going to have with us Patricia, a Patrice, Patrice, I've already gotten that wrong, Busan with the Merit Health Weight Loss Program. So we're going to talk about holiday eating and how to prepare for that. So please join us. We'd love to hear from you. Give us a call with any ideas, comments, or questions that you have by dialing one eight seven seven. MPB ring. That's 1 672 7464. Or send us an email to healthy at This is Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit from MPB Think Radio. We'll be back with you right after the news. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Lakshmi Singh. President Obama is expected to address the White House press corps this afternoon before he embarks on his final major overseas trip of his presidency. He is preparing to address questions about Donald Trump's election and the impact the outcome is having on the country. For those firmly for and vehemently against, the president-elect remain on edge. Meanwhile, Trump's White House team is now just beginning to take shape. NPR Scott Horsley reports on Trump's appointments of Reince Priebus and Stephen Bannon. By choosing RNC Chairman Reince Priebus as White House Chief of Staff, Trump may be signaling an eagerness to work with the Republican establishment, even though he often squabbled with that establishment during the course of the campaign. At the same time, Trump has also named the former Breitbart executive Steve Bannon to be chief strategist and senior counselor. If Priebus is an insider, then Bannon is very much an outsider who might be expected to stoke the populist fires outside Washington that helped send Trump to the White House. That's NPR's Scott Horsley. House Speaker Paul Ryan reportedly sent a letter to colleagues urging them to seize this moment and unite behind Donald Trump. He is seeking their support in his re-election for Speaker. House Republicans are expected to hold closed-door leadership elections Tuesday. Ryan is expected to be re-elected as Speaker. Head of NATO says continued American leadership in the military alliance is necessary. NPR's Frank Langfitt reports from London candidate Trump said that America might not defend NATO allies if they came under attack. That's what he said during the primary. In an op-ed in Britain's Observer newspaper, NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg said Europe faced a very dangerous environment with a more aggressive Russia and fighting in North Africa and the Middle East. He urged Trump to continue to back NATO at such a risky time and appreciate what the defense pact has accomplished, specifically providing security for more than six decades that has allowed European economies to prosper. During the campaign, Trump accused some NATO allies of being free riders and suggested the U.S. might not defend them if they didn't spend more in their militaries. Stoltenberg reminded Trump that the only time NATO has invoked its self-defense clause was to go to war alongside America in Afghanistan after the 9-11 attacks. Frank Langford, NPR News, London. 
The president of South Korea faces questions from prosecutors on allegations of cronyism and political corruption. NPR's Elise Hsieh reports hundreds of thousands of people participated in a protest in central Seoul over the weekend, calling for the president's resignation. President Park Geun-hye will be the first sitting Korean president to be questioned by prosecutors in a criminal investigation. Millions of Koreans are calling for her to resign. She has twice apologized, but has shown no signs she's going to step down. Park has more than a year left in her term. That's NPR's Elise Hsieh reporting. At last check on Wall Street, the Dow was down eight points at 18,839. From Washington, this is NPR News. A jury has resumed deliberations in the murder trial of a Georgia man whose son, whose toddler son, died after he was left for hours in the backseat of a hot vehicle. Jurors returned this morning to the courthouse in Brunswick to begin their fourth day of deliberations in the case of Justin Ross Harris. He is charged with malice murder and other crimes in the 2014 death of his son. Tonight, the full moon may appear a bit larger than usual. NPR's Joe Palka reports it is a phenomenon some call a supermoon. The moon's orbit isn't perfectly circular. So on one day each month, it's closer to the Earth than on any other day. And when that day of closest approach coincides with a full moon, you get a supermoon. But even that closest approach varies from year to year, and it just so happens that this month's supermoon occurs when the moon is closer to the Earth than it's been in nearly 70 years. But only a little bit. So yes, it will be a superer supermoon than usual, but astronomers are warning it won't look that different from any other full moon. Joe Palka, NPR News. German industrial equipment maker Siemens AG says it has agreed to purchase uh, the software firm Mentor Graphics for $4.5 billion. Companies say in a joint statement that Mentor's board recommended shareholders approve the deal. And the U.S.'s largest federal utility has announced it will sell an unfinished nuclear power plant. It's located in Northeast Alabama. This is NPR. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include the Pajamagram Company, offering 27 matching holiday pajamas for the whole family, including cats and dogs, and with Charlie Brown and Norman Rockwell themes, in knits, fleece, and flannel. More at pajamagram.com. Catch up on past episodes and hear any of the MPB programs you've missed on the MPB Public Radio app. Available on iTunes and Google Play. Listen live to MPB Think Radio and MPB Music Radio. Search MPB Public Radio. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting. I'm Terry Gross. Listen to Fresh Air weekdays at 3 on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to healthy at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting.
Good morning from MPB Think Radio. This is Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm Debbie Miner from University of Mississippi Medical Center, and I'm very pleased today to be here with Patrice Busan. <laughs> I keep getting boob. Did I get it right that time? Busan. Bu. Why can I? Uh, the spelling is different. So me and my and my um, formal formal names and whatever and. And the pronunciation, what can I say? And Ansley Butcher is with us again. So today we're thinking about getting ready for the holidays, getting ready for the holidays. And Patrice is the nutritionist with the Merit Health Weight Loss Program. And I met her a few months ago at a program called Fat Wars, where that was sponsored by St. Dominic's and all of our area hospitals, actually, for healthcare providers. It was a continuing med- medical education program. And Patrice and I both were speaking at it, and I was just so impressed with the, the knowledge that she imparted to the group and her enthusiasm. So a few months ago, I invited her to join us today. Today, So we welcome you. And Thank you. I'll let you tell us a little bit about your practice. So I've heard a little bit, but I'll let you share that with our listeners. And well, we'd, love, we'd love to hear from any of our listeners about getting ready for the holidays. What should we be thinking about as far as nutrition and put it in the perspective of sometimes special conser- consideration. So Patrice, we are healthy and fit. And of course, think about nutrition, physical activity. But as, as you well pointed out in your presentation, I mean, Being healthy and fit is in the context of most everybody in the United States has some type of chronic disease or some kind of something that that imparts special considerations sometimes to what we eat and how we stay healthy. And I know you're an expert dealing with that. Yes, I um, currently work at Merit Health Weight Loss at River Oaks Hospital, and we are a... um, We kind of have a two-part program. We do the... um, prepare people for bariatric surgery, for weight loss surgery. And then we also have a medical weight management program where we help people to um, lose weight that don't qualify or don't want to have surgery. Okay, so that means uh, when we talk about need to lose weight, so we're talking about, what, about 70% of our population need to lose weight? (laughs) Probably higher than that. And, of course, you don't deal with our whole Mississippi population. But there are many, many people, of course, that that need some guidance, need some guidance on on weight loss and the things to to uh, best make that happen, tips to make that that happen. So what are some uh, if you're thinking about the holidays coming up? So what do you think about any particular like nutritional tips to give people? Well, the first thing I would think about is um, have people think about what are their goals. Do they want to try to lose weight during the holidays? And there are people who do that, and they do that well. Um, Do they want to try to maintain their weight during the holidays? I actually have met people who just just want to eat during the holidays. Yeah, enjoy it. Part of it is just to kind of think about what are your goals and um, kind of start from there. And then if, if your goal is to... You know, I would recommend, for the most part, trying to just maintain your weight. Yeah, that um, sounds is, reasonable to me. <laughs> it is challenging because the there is a lot of food, and it's good food, and most of us do like to eat. So, you know, when you think about those parameters of just trying to maintain your weight, I would think about, you know, the holidays, the specific holidays, and um, keeping it to just that one day, not letting your your abundance of eating continue for five or six weeks, but pick those particular days to eat and enjoy your food and then kind of look at the foods that you really enjoy eating at the holidays you know focusing on um, maybe if it's like 
the cornbread dressing that your grandmother makes. My mother's dressing or something like that. Those things that you really like, right? And that you can only get that time of year. Yeah, you know, something like mashed potatoes or yeast roll, you can eat that any time of year. But mom's only going to make that cornbread dressing at Thanksgiving, so you want to eat that and enjoy that. Um, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Easter. (laughs) It's when we get dressing for my mama. (laughs) Yeah. So, but you do want to think about your portion sizes on those things and. Um, focusing on leaner meats. You know, if you're looking at turkey, turkey breast is a good lean meat that you can eat. And then thinking about your other sides, smaller portions, picking the ones you enjoy, maybe modifying the recipe some. You know, you can do a lower calorie green bean casserole, perhaps. Yeah. Well, now, but you say like that day, it gets so hard because I think about this week. Now, we've got our little work Thanksgiving dinner. Then that night, I've got another friends type thing and it's just like one thing after another you're so right what kind, of, what kind of strategy do you it recommend is. for that so i would think about um not going hungry making sure <laughs> you have eaten a you know high protein well-balanced kind of meal before you go make sure you're drinking plenty of water so you're staying well hydrated and you know, bringing you if you're bringing something maybe you bring something that you know would be a better choice. And then, you know, staying away from the kind of the buffet table or whatever and fixing yourself a smaller plate with maybe vegetables and fruits and things. And again, just smaller portions of those things that you enjoy eating. Oh, it's so hard. Can... It's so hard sometimes. It is. It is. Do you, th- do you find most people just really choose to maintain versus... <laughs> I do. Now, yeah. we, do, we have for the past... And we have some people going through the program now, like our medical weight loss, who are, um, we just had a lesson um, last Friday on setting, on goal setting. And that was what we talked about is what are your goals? And for the most part, their goal, their particular goal was to try to lose weight. So we talked about, you know, their program, what to do to stick to that program. But I would say general population is probably to try to maintain weight. Yeah. During that time. Well, so are there special considerations with your your post bariatric surgery patients that you think about around as, the holidays? As just, far as holidays, mm. well, you know they they are they really need to kind of maintain their normal eating patterns, and then just look at the types of foods. You know, we're primarily having them focus on lean protein, vegetables, that sort of thing. Um, we're actually having. At the clinic tonight, we're having a, um, we do a holiday party every year where we, we have them bring bariatric-specific um, or friendly appetizers and dishes, and we all try them, and we grade them on, you know, presentation, the ones that are the most nutritious, the ones that taste the best. So it kind of gives them some ideas of different things, and they get copies of the recipes of things that they can try. Um, so, it's fun. That sounds like fun. So um, I make I make a um, a pumpkin pie that's crustless, and I use Splenda in it instead of sugar. And so, you know, it's it gives you that. It, I like it. I think it's good. It tastes mm-hmm. like pumpkin pie. So is that something that you would bring to this thing? Mm-hmm. Is that I something like that? I actually have it there for them to try. I made little miniature versions of uh-huh. it, bite sized. Um, so that you know that you it's a dessert obviously and it, i'm not going to say that it's it it doesn't have a lot of protein in it but you know it is if you eat a proper portion size of it because they have to eat small portions mm-hmm. it gives them that feel of that they're eating pumpkin pie 
So if you so that is one of the key things too. Right. So so that's even more more specific for people who have had bariatric surgery. That small portion size. Yes, for the most part, we tell them to think about a half of the most that they should eat is about a half a cup of food at a time. Early total right, to, per meal per meal per meal. Um, early on, right after surgery, they're eating maybe two to three bites and they're full. They're not able to eat much more than that. But then as time progresses, they're able to eat a little bit more. And some people can't ever eat a whole half cup of food. They oh might only be able to eat. But they're satisfied. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the benefits of the surgery is mm-hmm. that you're satisfied with smaller portions. Mm. I'm thinking, well, you mentioned mashed potatoes, but you even think a half of a cup of mashed potatoes would not be very much. No, and actually either. their serving size would be about maybe two tablespoons. We always oh. use a visualization of about the size of a golf ball mm-hmm. would be the, the most and they would eat that food last on their plate. They would eat their protein first, their vegetable. And then if they were still able to eat more, to eat, you know, a little bit of the, the carbohydrate or the starch. Oh, goodness. And so are, are the recommendations that you make, uh, are they consistent with what, what the USDA MyPlate type recommendations? Well, I, like 50% we use a fruits little... Fruits and um, vegetables and... Mm-hmm. We uh-huh. use a little plate. I actually mm-hmm. have a little plate that I use when I'm educating my patients. And it's when you look of it, half of the, actually on that plate, half of the plate is meat. It's about two ounces because of meat. Because that's the higher protein. Right. Okay. And then um, about a fourth of it is vegetable and a fourth of it is the, maybe a little bit smaller than a fourth of the plate is the, the carbohydrate. Well, so so with that, in, in, um, in reflection about that, if with the half protein, is that for your post bariatric? So people have had surgery as well as your weight loss patients. Well, when I'm when I'm when I'm looking at that plate with my pre-op patients, mm-hmm. my patients that are preparing for surgery, I mm-hmm. would look at half of that plate being vegetables, non-starchy okay. vegetables. So more consistent yes. than with the general population recommendations. Yes. More not not heavy on the protein, as, right? As heavy on and, the protein. And honestly, that post bariatric diet is not a high protein diet. I mean, it's. They're looking at getting a minimum of 60, maybe up to 100 grams of protein a day, which is really a normal protein intake. Um, It's just that the majority of the calories are going to come from protein because we know they're not eating much and protein is so Proportionally. Right. Mm, mm, Oh, goodness. So that's a big change for a lot of people. So uh, it is. It is. Um, Most people tend to eat heavier on the carbohydrate, (laughs) the fruits and Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, now I was looking at um, this weekend. It was very interesting. This new AARP magazine that came out. <laughs> so I guess that says my age too. But it was it was very interesting uh, about living longer and living healthy. And so the author of this the strategy went into, of course, physical activity and a must, 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 must for that. And in regard to because when you think about being healthy, you think about physical, emotional, mental health, all those kinds of things. And uh, and exercise just current with our American Heart Association, our overall recommendations of every single day, you know, maybe one day a week, not exercise, but exercise every single day. And then the eating strategy, he he was going into building the perfect plate. And I, and I, I don't know this terminology he used the don't eat dead food. <laughs> Well, now, some people could interpret that a little differently. Um, you know, if I think dead food, you know, I might be thinking don't eat dead cows. 
or something like that. That was what I thought. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. I know. Well, that's what I thought the focus was going to be because I'm mm-hmm. thinking, oh, dear, don't eat anything that was living as such. Mm. So this is probably a, a pure vegetarian type. Uh, but no, it wasn't that. His his dead food, dead food, was basically he termino- the terminology he used that for was basically anything we're taught to love. Like you mentioned that bread, white rice, white pasta, sugar chips, soft drinks, those kinds of things. Just empty calorie foods. Empty calories. Empty calories. What you and I would typically think of is that empty calories. No full nutrient value Mm -hmm. (laughs) but he calls it dead food so that might be that might be a good shift in the way we talk to people don't eat dead food (laughs) Mm. the more you eat it the closer you are to being dead yeah 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 i think that's where it comes from yeah i think that's where it comes from is is dead food no nutrients and call it dead because um all the refining takes out all the vitamins the minerals the fiber and of course a lot of times leaves it super super tasty and enjoyable it's just that there's little nutrient nutrient value with it so i kind of like the terminology dead food i like it too yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) so we're going to take a quick break please join us after the break we're talking about getting ready for the holidays and eating eating to be healthy and eating to either maintain or lose weight because most of us need to either maintain or lose for sure so please join us right after this quick break for the arts and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org. New Hampshire is as purple a state as ever. These same people that voted, my mom, my dad, for JFK, voted for Donald J. Trump. Exit polls show that distrust of government was a main driver of Trump support. The town clerk is usually a pretty good egg around here. But the feds, not at all. Zero. I'm Ari Shapiro behind the close vote in the Granite State, later on All Things Considered from NPR News. Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio. News you can trust in radio built around you. Mississippi Public Broadcasting. listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to healthy at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Good morning from MPB Think Radio. This is Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, the show all about finding and maintaining a healthy lifestyle. I'm Debbie Miner, and I'm here today with Patrice Busan and Ansley Botcher, and we're talking about getting ready for the holidays. Uh, Patrice is a nutritionist with the Merit Health Weight Loss Program, and I met her a few months ago at a Fat Wars conference. That's a terrible name, really. <laughs> it really, I, I didn't really like the name, but but I enjoyed her presentation so much that I invited her then to join us today. 
today and talking about, uh, as we said, getting ready for the holidays and what we should think about, what we should think about. We talked earlier about setting a goal and whether our goal is weight loss, weight maintenance, or surely no one's goal is weight gain. (laughs) (laughs) Not many people. It it might not be their goal. For a few people I know, weight gain is actually appropriate. And I'll try to get as much food into my little mom as possible. Maybe she'll gain some weight. But for mm-hmm. most people, that's that's not a go. So, uh, Ansley, I think you had a question. Um, yeah. Patrice. I was just wondering, how do you know how much weight loss is appropriate for you? Well, that's a tricky one. Um, obviously, it is going to vary depending upon um, where you are. Um, how much weight do you, you know, what your weight is, what is your BMI, what is your your health status, um, mm-hmm. and your age. Um, sometimes, you know, as you get older, your weight, you know, you might have in your mind a goal that you would like to weigh, but mm-hmm. your uh, body is not necessarily going to be comfortable at that weight. Um, most of us, our, our bodies sort of have a set point weight that they're kind of yeah. comfortable at. That's what I was, when I was asking. I've kind of been the same weight forever. It's hard to gain or lose any weight. Right. And, and for you, probably your goal then, I would say, is to just try to maintain that mm-hmm. weight. Um, and as you get older, you know, your weight, your metabolism changes and you may, you may put on a few yeah. pounds, but hopefully, you know, you'll still within, stay within a healthy weight range because ultimately the best thing is to always you know maintain your mm-hmm. weight and they do kind of recommend with women um you know over 40 sometimes just it, uh, trying to maintain weight instead of losing weight maybe they okay. might have a bmi of 27 28 which isn't below that that 25 um level for mm-hmm. a recommended goal but it might be a healthy weight for them that they're able to maintain without sort of slowing their metabolism down so okay. body mass index, so we think about normal or ideal less than 25, and right. then 25 up to up to 30 is being that category of overweight, but then a body mass index um, greater than 30 classified as obesity. So, so uh, well, and, and so sometimes, too, uh, as you said, as we get older, even, even, even if our weight does stay the same, we look different. We feel different. Yeah, your, your, body compos- <laughs> your body composition changes. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you you have less muscle and maybe a little bit more fat. But that's where the importance of exercising yeah, comes into absolutely. play to help keep yourself toned. And Well, so from what Ansley asked, so as we get older then, um, you said maintain. But sometimes, I mean, is that even that could be a consideration for maybe a need for like disease prevention for weight loss, even though our our um, body mass index would stay the same because mm-hmm. our height and our weight are the same, right? But maybe our body composition has changed, right? And you know that you you still have to make those changes to your diet to make sure that you're eating properly, that you're you're getting the nutrients that your your body needs in order to be able to make that date. And you may have to cut back the amount you eat because. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, when you're younger, you're able to eat a little bit more, possibly, and maintain that weight. But as you get older, you just have to kind of make adjustments. And part of that is knowing what works for you, knowing your body. I mean, um, when you think about how should somebody eat, well, there are a lot of different types of diets out there, fad diets or things that people do. But, you know, for the most part, if you're trying to eat healthy um, and well-balanced meals, 
that's going to kind of lead you along that path of weight maintenance. Um, so have you seen have you seen any of the um, recent fad diets? Have any of any of your patients reported, or what what commonly do you see the patients report trying to trying to lose weight with? Oh, we see all. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Diet. Oh my goodness, hot dog diet. What? Um, the you know the the smoothie diets. Um, I can't even. You know, I'll, just fasting where they're trying to eat less than 500 calories a day. Mm. Um, that would be hard. That would be very hard. <laughs> <laughs> and so is it sometimes hard to convince people to, to not participate in that type of cyclic cycle? It's I'll just say cyclic dieting. Is, is that, is that a, and a, a way lot of times it? we're trying, I actually, you know, we have people bring in food diaries. That's one of the things yes. we like to do to see what they're eating. And a lot of times I, I feel like they're not eating enough. Their caloric intake is too low. And so we'll spend a lot of time trying to um, educate them on the proper way to increase their calorie level. Um, you know, we want them to have at least 1,200 calories a day. Some people need more than that, but they'll come in eating seven, 800 calories a day, Um of not good quality food because they're trying so hard to restrict and and it does affect the metabolism over time. Well, that, so that does. So that's a, the problem with that, isn't it? Is that basically your metabolism shuts down because your body tries to conserve, and so you end up not even though you're drastically cutting your calories, you're not losing weight as such. Right, and so you know I I see things on both sides of the spectrum with people. You'll I do see people come in eating. 3,500, 4,000 calories a day. And so everybody is different. We have to kind of look at, at that that individual and what they're doing and what they need. So um, they really do need to cut back. But sometimes you'll see people who say, you know, I'm 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 this big, but I'm, I'm really not eating that much. Mm-hmm. And they're not. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we know that. <laughs> I, I remember uh, because if you remember my presentation, the first thing I said is how many people in the audience – have ever told a patient that you knew that needed to lose weight just to eat less, exercise more, and you thought that was a solution? Of course, every hand went up. Right? Cause we know. It, we know that's not, not that right. simple. It's not yeah. that simple. We know that because there are those changes, and we don't even understand most of it now. We don't even understand from a hormonal level or anything how all that happens. But yeah, that it, there are really those things that influence your metabolic rate, mm-hmm. and it. it it can be true that they're hardly eating anything and they're gaining weight. And that's why it's so important that we mm. look at them individually as a person and see what they're doing and what works best for them and what changes they need to make to kind of get their body where it needs to be. And it, it doesn't happen overnight. And that's part of the problem is that people want a very quick fix. They want to do something that's going to happen quickly. And it's hard work. I mean, it yeah. takes time and it takes a committed effort to making those consistent lifestyle changes. Oh, that's very, very hard. Very hard. Well, do you work with people uh, in the context of like th- their food preferences? I mean, people can't maintain something that they really just don't like as such. But do you? Do, how much detail do you go into in working with people and in determining their food preferences and what then will help and all fit together. We do a lot of that. We usually have them come in and kind of do, we have them do a 24 hour recall. So you're doing those food, the yes. food diaries. The food and, diaries. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then just talk about their usual intake. 
um, to look at the foods that they like and what they don't like and how we can kind of incorporate. And sometimes, you know, I'll have someone set a goal to eat one vegetable a day or one fruit a day because they're eating none throughout the whole week. And sometimes it's just, can you eat three a week? So you have to kind of start with people where they are and um, give them realistic goals because if, if it's not realistic, if it's not something they can do, and oftentimes it has to be things that they set for themselves. So I will say, you tell me what you can do. You know, what changes are you ready to make? And that's going to help them to be more successful when they sort of in their own mind make that decision and determination that they're ready to make those changes and what they can do. If you look at, if you actually look at like the USDA uh, charts and where most Americans and their caloric intake and breaking it down between fats and sugars and carbs and things like salt, salt intake, those kinds of things, those kinds of things just fascinate me. But if you look at sugar beverages, I mean, to me, that's the biggest, easiest, biggest bang for your mm-hmm. buck. If you just get rid of sugar beverages. Sweet tea. Do you still find that? I mean, because there's been so much focus on that in recent years and recommendation of less than six teaspoons of sugar total a day, which is not much, not much for a woman and because it's hidden in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, that's kind of like the easiest thing to in working with people and making recommendations for changes. If you can just cut out that cut out that sugar beverage. It's amazing. Yeah, a lot of people come in drinking um, 1,000 to 1,500 calories of sweet tea a day. And the other thing is juice. Um, You know, people will think that juice is good for them. And, you know, a lot of juices do have a lot of vitamin C and Mm -hmm. vitamin A in them. But they are contributing a lot of sugar and calories. So, you know, I'll try to get them down to maybe no more than four ounces of juice. One of the things you have to look at when people say, I drink a cup Always have to clarify <laughs> that that sixteen ounce cup. Right. Is that a eight ounce cup or a you know sixteen twenty four ounce cup? So those are things that and that like you said that is a very easy way to get people to cut their calories initially. Um, but some people are very reluctant to do it, and and it's hard. Well, we think we think about juice, and it is healthy. I mean, mm-hmm. juice can be healthy if you're not going to sit there and eat an orange and or you know fresh or or fresh orange juice, but 100% orange juice would be good. But I think about, uh, I look at my mother's little juice glasses. Cute, right. cute, cute, teeny tiny <laughs> little glasses. I mean, it's basically about four swallows, mm-hmm. four swallows, but those were juice glasses. So is, we kind of had it right then, did we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because if you think about if you squeezed an orange, that's about what right. it would be. So that's like eating one orange, but it's one of these huge cups, that's probably like eating how many oranges? I don't know the equivalent. Oh, maybe four or five. Oh, and who would sit down and eat four right. or five oranges <laughs> at a time? Mm, mm, interesting to think about. So today we're talking about getting ready for the holidays, some things to think about to hopefully avoid putting on too many pounds over the holidays because we've got quite a series of holidays coming up. So please join us. Any comments or questions that you may have, one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or send us an email to healthy at mpbonline.org. We'll be back with you right after this break.
The election is over, and the nation has a new president, Donald Trump, and a new chapter in history has begun. We don't know what lies ahead, but NPR will keep bringing you the best coverage from coast to coast to help you make sense of it all. So listen every day. Catch up on past episodes and hear any of the MPB programs you've missed on the MPB Public Radio app. Available on iTunes and Google Play. Listen live to MPB Think Radio and MPB Music Radio. Search MPB Public Radio. This is Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Hello, Mississippi. I'm Jennifer Naramore, one of your new meteorologists here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We know the difference between a Gulf breeze and ocean springs and afternoon summer showers in Greenville. We're committed to delivering you timely weather information day and night, seven days a week. And when the weather gets serious, we'll be with you every step of the way. Your place for staying a step ahead of Mississippi's weather is MPB Think Radio. To listen to stories and shows, go to mpbonline.org. You're listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to healthy at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Good morning from MPB. This is Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm Debbie Miner, and I'm here today with Patrice Busan from Merritt Hill Weight Loss Program and Ansley Botcher, and we're talking about getting ready for the holidays and what we need to think about. We got some, we've got some uh, comments from our from our listeners, so so uh, we'll kind of address some of these. I think some of these are kind of funny for so uh, from Brent. I just enjoy my holidays and consider it gains. <laughs> I may or may not attempt to lose those pounds in the spring. I love it. I love it. <laughs> So, Brent, just don't put on too many. Don't gain, <laughs> gain, gain too much. And then from Danny, so I kind of like this. I really like this one. Smaller portion sizes and one dessert per day. Now, I don't give up my dessert per day either. Down 28 pounds with very little exercise. Couldn't finish a club at McAllister's yesterday. So I think about, too, you know, sometimes it, it, this time of year, in addition to all those wonderful things that we have in front of us, Mama's dressing, everything else, cranberry apple, I say healthy casserole, mm-hmm. just have to have those kinds of things. We have a lot of emotional eating, too, whether it's just the the, the wonderful family foods, but it's all about our culture of eating. And sometimes the holidays can be a little stressful, too. And mm-hmm. so it's emotional eating. I mean, I have to confess, after listening to Marshall's show, mm, from about 11 to about one thirty. I didn't even realize I'd done it, but I ate the whole bag of Dove Dark Chocolate Ghost. Wow. Post Halloween. Post Halloween. I ate the whole bag. I went to bed about between one thirty and 2, and the bag was gone. And it was emotional eating. <laughs> I didn't realize I'd done it. <laughs> that emotional, mindless eating. Yes, yes, yes. So what do you think about that? But I think a lot of that is, too, it comes back to planning and thinking yeah. ahead and not letting your thoughts um, 
run ahead of you. And so, you know, one of the things that we'll recommend people to do is to kind of have a plan or a spot where they're going to eat. I think this is kind of neat, you know, one place in your house where you're going to eat so that if you're going to go grab that chocolate, you're going to go sit at that spot. And it sort of makes you more aware of what you're doing um, so that you're kind of thinking about that and focusing on if you do eat it, you enjoy it. You don't just kind of put it in your mouth, but that you really savor that chocolate. Um, you know, I take, wasn't really enjoying it. I know. It. It just goes down. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we tend to have this mindset sometimes, well, I've already eaten half the bag. I might as well eat the other half. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, that, the, those are choices that you can kind of stop yourself and say, okay, I ate half the bag. Well, I'm going to put the other half away and I um, tell my my patients sometimes you know sometimes it's you know you have to do what you need to do to get rid of that you know give it to somebody let someone take it off if you if you have to just throw it away I mean you know if there's a fourth of a cake left and there's no one else to eat it oh my I know we don't, we don't like <laughs> to freeze do it freeze it and use it for something else later mm-hmm. freeze it just you have to remove it from your um from your sight, from your thought process. Don't so give it to the dog. No, don't give it to the dog. <laughs> Although my dog would, mine would do. Love oh, to have oh yeah, it. but wouldn't be good for the dog either. No, it wouldn't be good for the dog. <laughs> too much for the dog too. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a great tip about that. And we get we've got one more here too about um, fasting, and actually that is a a predominant part of many religious holidays and observances. So we begin the nativity fast in the Orthodox Church tomorrow. That helps not uh, not that I'm always faithful in my observance. So, and, and what do you think that obviously people have been doing it for centuries, of course. And uh, so that's kind of a little bit different than, than just that trying to lose weight in, and a minimal caloric intake, isn't it? It is, and I guess it depends on what the fast um, mm-hmm. involves, but it is, it's still a, it's a decision. It's a goal. You know, you're saying, I'm choosing to do this for um, religious reasons, for my health. And so it's, you know, it's definitely something that, that is going to help. Usually with, like with our post-op patients, um, we would sort of have them still think about not making sure they're not getting dehydrated, that they're getting their, their protein in but um but it works and again it's it's setting a goal um yeah in in, in this case it's not for weight loss as such for um a religious reading but it's still it may have that benefit of weight loss on the side Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and and you don't hear about people having really detrimental health consequences for things like that commonly no, not if it's, at all. it's not normally long term mm-hmm. it's just normally just a short period of time yeah yeah no yeah, so that was a, that was a good comment so uh if if um let's let's well let's uh Ansley, we're talking to the break so sometimes um post bariatric surgery so in thinking about the quantity of food eaten, then of course you're going to lose weight. But then sometimes over time, some people start to regain weight and that can be a problem or an issue. And uh, how do you, how do you address that? Or is that, 
is that do you really feel like in the context of what we were talking about before there's like this preset point that our bodies try to get back to a previous weight um is that something that happens it is. And when we have people who come back and we do encourage our patients to come back because we, we want to help them, um, we kind of bring them back to reminding them of them of those lifestyles, those eating patterns and those behaviors that we recommend because life happens. You know, the further out you get from surgery, people um, get back into their normal routines and their normal lifestyle. And sometimes the portions do get a little bit bigger or they may graze in between meals on things because a lot of times with the surgeries, you know, you they could still eat, say, like, you know, four or five M&Ms at a time, mm-hmm. wait a few minutes, eat a few more, um, and those calories can add up. So that's part of what we would do when they come back is look at reminding them of those behaviors, those kind of goals that we have for protein and carbohydrate intake, reminding them of those, um, you know, things that they, that we recommend they do, like separating their solids and their liquids and chewing their foods really well before they swallow. And, you know, going back to those behaviors that they had right after surgery that made them successful. Yeah. And, and their calorie intake is going to increase over time, you know, so they might only be eating a, a, a really low amount of calories initially, but a year or two after that that's going to increase. increase. Yeah. And we expect that too. Well, we'll get, let's get our caller on the line here, Deanna from union. And then we'll go back to some of that in a minute. Okay. Good morning, Deanna. How are you? Hi, I'm fine. Good, good. What do you have for us? Uh, well, in 1996, I had a gastro bypass and uh, I maintained my weight pretty good. I went up and went down and it, this was back in Biloxi, I believe. And uh, I've got away from uh, no. I, I'm. You got you got away from what now? I got away from uh, eating the proper things. Uh huh. And uh, my eating is real poor. And I'd like to know how I could get get, uh, uh, get to eating what's right. Oh, that's a great question. That's a great because we all need to do that. Mm-hmm. Patrice. Guidance, guidance for her. Because <laughs> I can't eat much. Yeah. Do you do you remember how you ate right after your surgery? Yes, and and I blended my food and uh, I ate uh, just a little bit, like a, a couple of spoons of, of each thing. And um, but now uh, I've got a, a funny eating habits. Uh, and I don't like vegetables no more, and I don't like fruits, <laughs> and and I don't eat very much, and I eat stuff like pimento cheese and stuff that just what I like, but I know I need to eat healthy again. So um, you probably don't need to go back to pureeing your food. If you're, Are you able to chew and swallow meats and tolerate those okay without a problem? Well, uh, I don't like meats very well. Um. Uh, but but I, I I can chew them without a problem. So I would think about you know starting and trying to eat. How many times a day do you normally eat? Uh, well I've been eating uh a little bit all day. Uh, I don't really sit down and just eat one meal. Um, I get hungry about five and I'll I'll eat a little something. 
and I get hungry when I get up. So really, twice a day, I, I really get hungry. Yeah, so you, so you may want to think about trying to give, get yourself on a normal eating routine, maybe three really small meals and a couple small snacks in between and focusing on, on protein, on lean protein to make sure that you're getting that in and, and, and really chewing your food really well, um, eating slow. How fast, how long does it take you to eat a meal? Uh, well, I eat pretty fast. Yeah, so if you think about maybe slowing down and trying to take about 20 to 30 minutes to eat your meal. Yeah, just eat them real slow, huh? Mm-hmm, and um, give your body time to kind of digest that food properly, and that's going to help you um, stay full longer. So if you if you think about having your set meal times and taking 20 to 30 minutes to eat your meals and, and then waiting till the next time so that you're not kind of eating all day long but eating good meals. Um, we'd love to have you come in, and we could work with you. Okay. Well, uh, if you could tell me where that's at, I, I, I would like to do that. Uh, well, you can. It's uh, Merit Health Weight Loss is the name of the program. It's at River Oaks Hospital in Flowood, Mississippi. You know where that is? Uh-huh. So you can call there. Yeah, you can uh, give out the number, Patrice. The number <laughs> is... Um, <laughs> The number is 601-936-1170, and that will get you to our office, and then they can talk to you about what you need to do to kind of come back and get back into the program and see what we can do to, okay. to you help you. Okay, that number, please, so I can write it down? Yes, ma'am. You ready? Yeah. It's 601-936-1170. 7-0. Okay, I would love to do that, and I thank you so much for your information. You're welcome. It was nice talking to you. You too. Thank, thank you. you for calling. I'm sitting here looking at Aunt Patrice's name tag, and of course, it's got her name and all that, and it says transformations. I love that. Transformations. That's very, very positive and upbeat. Yes, that's our our old name. Yeah. Okay, well, I like it. I like it, too. uh, So that's our music. So we're going to take another quick break. We'll be back with you as soon as we return right after this quick break. election is over, the nation has a new president, and a new chapter in history has begun. We don't know what lies ahead, but NPR will continue to bring you the best coverage from coast to coast to help you make sense of it all. Listen every day. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. Hi, I'm Sharita Brent. On In Legal Terms, the focus is always you and your rights. From Miranda rights to civil rights, our legal experts will inform you of your right to do or not to do according to the law. Join us Tuesday mornings at 10 for In Legal Terms on MPV Think Radio. To listen to stories and shows, go to mpbonline.org.
You're listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. We're glad to take your calls at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. You can always email your comments and questions to healthy at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Good morning from MPB Think Radio. This is Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm Debbie Miner, and I'm here today with Patrice Busson from the Merit Health Weight Loss Program and Ansley Botcher. And we've been talking about getting ready for the holidays, some nutrition tips and, and thinking about what our goals should be, what your individual goals should be. For most people, it's going to be weight maintenance, hopefully. Hopefully, <laughs> even though one of our one of our uh, mail in people uh, said, "Wait, he's just going to appreciate those gains." <laughs> that's a very positive that's attitude. A yeah, yeah, positive attitude. And uh, and going back to what our our caller mentioned, and then in the perspective too, I'm looking at like the New York York Times from in May, and the the headline is "After the Biggest Loser, Their Bodies Fought to Regain Weight." And looking at that, we've talked about in the context somewhat of getting older, but even in the context of of why it's so important ugh, not to gain that excess weight in the first place, uh, because even after that weight loss, that weight loss, so so quite significant weight loss, our bodies do undergo that metabolic adaptation. And according to the study, looking at the participants and six years after the biggest loser and that that I guess it was the first uh, first session that everyone except for one participant had regained a lot of their weight, some of some of their weight, a lot of their weight, or even passed over and above their initial weight. But even after that, their bodies burned fewer calories. They didn't readapt and rev up for regaining that weight and increase their their metabolic rate. Did not increase back up. And so, and then the participant that had kept weight off in the context of, I think she's like a physical fitness instructor or something. So very, very active. So for that person, her metabolic caloric expenditure was about 500 calories a day less than you would think it would be. So like, say she was me, my size, and I burn what? How many calories a day you think I burn? Maybe, I don't know whatever maybe 2000 2000 okay and so for her even though she was very physically active and now weighed the same she would have burned approximately 1500 calories a day so that metabolic adaptation that occurs and why that occurs we don't really know i mean there are all kinds of postulations about those pathways but that's so interesting and so that's when when you say people people say well i'm eating less i'm not losing weight well it's because some of that that caloric adaptation has occurred And and that's true. And that's what, you know, it, it is a lifetime commitment mm-hmm. and having to kind of keep up with that. And that's one of the reasons we really encourage people to keep food diaries, to kind of keep in touch with how much, um, how much they're taking in so they can kind of track that and look at, well, how much am I eating and what is my weight doing? Because that's, you know, that's kind of an easy, it's very hard to determine how many calories does somebody actually need, um, and that's kind of a simple way that you can do it yourself is yeah. to track those calories and then look at what your weight is doing. Look at your physical activity. Um, but it does take it. It's a lifetime habit. And so, you know, making sure you don't have that mindset of 
I'm on a diet right now, so I'm really going to be real restrictive. And now, now I'm not on a diet anymore, so I'm yeah. just going to eat whatever I want. But making those long-term changes, not to say that you don't sometimes eat those things. Mm-hmm. Um, of course. But your normal day-to-day eating has to consistently be um, within that range. Oh, and that makes it that makes it just so 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 important too, to not gain that excess weight and right. have to deal with that because it's hard enough as we get older and uh, we got to maintain that physical activity and everything to maintain our metabolic rate and keep our our muscles strong and everything. But then also to think about you know avoiding that because even if even if you do enjoy and gain and and we're talking about more the extremes here and then and then you do lose it you your body may adapt to that and so then you can't enjoy as much later on right (laughs) (laughs) because that'll be the equivalent that's equivalent i mean 500 calories a day that's a lot that is a lot and well and it's very easy to get 500 calories a day oh yeah i mean you know a couple of handfuls of potato chips and a little bit of this and that and you've easily added 500 calories to your diet or like you like you were talking about a big cup of tea, couple of cups of tea, couple sweet of tea. cups of sweet tea, which just go right down. <laughs> <laughs> well, getting ready for the holidays is hard. It's hard. It's hard to think about that. But what's your favorite tip? You you gave us your pumpkin pie, but what's another favorite tip of, as far as recipes and how to adapt? Have you tried what? the Have you tried the cauliflower instead of cauliflower? I have. I actually potatoes? did that. I really like that. I I did it last year, and um, I brought it somewhere, and I will admit that I was the only one who ate it. I thought it was good. Um, You know, a lot of times it's it's realizing that it's not going to taste exactly like mashed potatoes, but um, that's one of the things I've seen is where you you mash the cauliflower, and then you add a little bit of instant mashed potatoes to it to kind of Mm -hmm. thicken it up and give Mm -hmm. it a little better texture. But um, I thought it was good. Oh, I would think so too. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's hiding foods. They don't know what they don't know what they're eating. Mm. <laughs> I find that with kids and all that hide that food. And they don't know what they're eating, or it's cooked down to where it's hidden in the food, whatever. And that yeah, adding those very small chopped vegetables to yeah. the to the sauce or to the gravy or mixing it up in the meatloaf. Yeah. Mm. Well, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate all your useful, wonderful information as we get ready for Thanksgiving. And from Southern Remedy, we'll sign out now. We're a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting, Think Radio, funded in part by a generous grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and the generous support from the Foundation for Public Broadcasting in Mississippi. Today's show was engineered by Jay White. Please join us next Monday at 11 for Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, and stay tuned. NPR's Here and Now is next on MPB Think Radio. Underwritten by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi. Live healthy. Live blue. It's good to be blue. More at bcbsms.com.
Not one, but two disturbances moving through today. Neither have a very impressive chance of rain, but the better chance will be with us tonight with a chance of a few isolated showers. Above average temperatures moving in towards the middle and later part of this week. When a stronger front moves on in, this could increase the chance of more widespread showers and some stronger storms. In Oxford today, sunny skies, upper 60s. Tonight, a few isolated showers early, otherwise clouds in 40.